This is Hammond. And Jessica. And this is the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Give us whatever donations you want. Hello. Welcome back Hi. from your long, long trip. Thank you. We are about to pop my vacation bubble. Yes. I have not read the news in two weeks. I got you covered. Um, my trip was great. I wanted to thank um, Alice, Beth, Stu, Larissa, and Karen, who all uh, came out for meetups in a couple cities Very in DC cool. and Toronto. Um, it was so much fun. So my husband turned 40 last week. And my cousin also got married in Rochester, New York on that same day. So we planned this huge road trip around the Northeast. So we went to um, Pittsburgh. Well, let's see if I can remember all these. Pittsburgh, D.C., Baltimore, um, stopover in Philly, uh, New York City, um, Cooperstown, New York for the Baseball Hall of Fame, Rochester for the wedding, Toronto, uh, and then Detroit. And we just got home yesterday. It was two weeks. It was Super fun. Um, I would like to discuss some highlights. And by some highlights, I mean one specific highlight. There is a <laughs> there is an Indians player named Yasiel Puig. Yes. Who do you know who he is? Yeah, he's good. Oh, he's good. I At mean at some point Mikey decided that we didn't like him. So okay. I was like, cool, yeah, I can fuck with that. He licks his bat in a way that makes me feel deeply uncomfortable in my soul. <laughs> so at the Mets game, they played the Indians and um I was right at, like, the wall at right field, so I decided that heckling him seemed super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed pretty fun at the time. Um, he gave me... He didn't really, like, acknowledge me. Um, and then <laughs> in the Tigers game in Detroit, we were sitting right behind, maybe 20 rows behind home plate, um, but, like, a little on the third yeah. base side. And I, uh, they played the Indians again, and good news, yes, Yellow Puig did play that night, and I heckled him so much that if you watch the broadcast, he turned and gave me not one, but two dirty looks and then <laughs> struck out. Um, it was extremely enjoyable. I've never been much of a heckler. I, you know, I must get it from my dad. He's a world-class heckler. Um, and I kept it clean. I would say things like, you're very bad at baseball, or I don't like your belt, or please don't like your bat. It makes me, it makes all of us feel uncomfortable. It was genuinely one of the funniest things I've ever done in my entire life. I'm glad you worked up. I just, I was shocked how thin skinned he was. (laughs) I genuinely thought he might charge me, which I was a little nervous about because he's a big gentleman and he has done that before. He's gone (laughs) after fans before. Um, Anyway, it was incredible. The Baseball Hall of Fame was so much fun. If you like baseball, you have to go. I just kept like crying in random parts. <laughs> it was very weird. They have a whole like wing dedicated to women in baseball, a whole wing dedicated to like uh, Latino people in baseball, a whole wing dedicated to black people in baseball, which was like really because it's a pretty small place. So it was very cool how they like made a lot of work with representation. Um, Toronto is a really cool city. I want to live there. Everybody told me it's expensive, but you know, free healthcare. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was great. My very favorite nice. ballpark was Camden Yards. It's very, very cool. And I had a really dope um, crab cake there. Very nice. In Baltimore. I'm sure I'll... That sounds I, awesome. It was so much fun. Like, every <laughs> game was cool and fun. And like, yeah, we we, we very much lucked out. Did Welcome you know back. Toronto plays under a dome and also they have AstroTurf? Yes and yes. The baseball bounces so fucking high <laughs> off that AstroTurf. It's wild to watch. Anyway, um, it was great. I'm happy to be home. Thank you for bearing with us last week. 
uh, for whatever episode I got I so much to up. catch you up on. I just, I just really genuinely, like, I turned off the news alerts on my phone. Like, I've you're, barely been on Twitter. You're in for a treat. I just kind of don't want to. Can I just live in the... This is like being no. a white guy. Like, no. I just don't worry about the news. <laughs> None of it affects me. I'll start you off with an easy one. <sighs> Have you ever been to a grocery store... And the line is really long. Yes. And you're pissed off. And then the person in front of you has like a cart full of dumb stuff and they take forever. I try not to and judge then people's purchases. The, but I do it all the time. <laughs> and then the cashier's taking his or her sweet time and it gets even more. And then there's a checkbook involved and all that stuff. Okay. Okay. Now imagine if... Are you doing like an Andy Rooney thing right I, now? Like n- kids these days. Yes. No. The cashier... At this store, at an Ingalls grocery store in Cartersville, Georgia, Miss Barbara is her name. Miss Barbara. She would give you your receipt, Uh touch your hand, and say, may I pray for you? And then she would if you said yes. And this was clogging up the line. And someone finally complained. Someone finally complained, like, dude, give me my, like, Cheetos and let me leave. Yeah. And the owners were like, Miss Barbara, you need to, like, not Chill. do that. Pray on your break time, whatever they say yeah. to her. Like, there's plenty of other times you could pray. You could do it yourself in your head hey, all the strangers, time. Strangers, don't touch me, please. And now people are treating her like a martyr. There was a vigil a this week vigil. outside the grocery store with people saying, like, how dare they stop her? Uh, said one lady who is saying this in support of Miss Barbara. There's people who come in here who don't buy a thing. They just go through Miss Barbara's line hoping she'll pray for them. All the more reason for the management to be like, do your job. Like, we don't want these people coming in here if they're not buying anything. It's a grocery store. Oh, um, she's not a victim. She no. hasn't been fired. She shouldn't be fired. No. But she is right to be told, like, hey. Do, Chill. Do, like, get the line moving. Maybe make her like a Walmart greeter so she can, like, people right. can, you know, pray with her on their own time. A vigil. That's what they do outside of mass a shooting, vigil. like, locations. Well, not anymore. People are too used to them. Yeah. This, this, this deserves a vigil. All right, Miss Barbara. <laughs> All right, that was a tepid story to get get us back in. All right. There is There are a whole bunch of lawsuits, uh-huh. and they're all over the place. But here's an interesting one, because this one started in, like, 2011, Okay. And it's been going on forever, and it got settled this week. Mm-hmm. Here's the background you want to know. This is Carroll County, Maryland. And, like, 2013 is when the lawsuit was actually filed. And what they said is they have invocations at these meetings, and they are delivered by the commissioners, mm-hmm. not by the public. And they're all Christian all the time. In fact, the lawsuit said, we documented all your meetings from 2011, 2012. And it's just a long list of, like, January 4th, 2011, Jesus. January 18th, 2011, Jesus. There's like Jesus, Jesus, the Lord's Prayer, Savior, Jesus, Jesus. This goes on for a while. Uh The point is, it's all Christian all the time. Uh And they were like, you can't do that. They said video recordings during 2011, 2012 reveals that on at least 54 separate occasions, they had these Christian references. Okay. So... Some um, would argue that's too many. <laughs> like, take that Jews yeah. and everyone else. Really put them um, in their actually, place. Actually, one of the plaintiffs in this lawsuit was a Roman Catholic who's hmm. like, stop using my religion for your thing. Oh, interesting. Like, I don't want to see this either. And the other guy was a deist. But okay, so there you go. 
And so people the, are still deists. People are still deists. Right. So the American Humanist Association represented the plaintiffs. They said, "Stop it." <laughs> the and a judge said, "Yeah, like just stop what you're doing." The judge ruled in fla- favor of the plaintiffs. You would think case closed. This is 2014 now. And then the next day, the commissioners are like, "Meh." They start with another. They have another prayer. In fact, one of the commissioners at the time, Robin Bartlett Frazier, she actually said like she would go to jail before she stops praying at these meetings. Oh my she God. said not allowing her to pray at these meetings, which again, they, she can always pray in her head. Right. Um, she said it was tantamount to promoting communism. Sure. Yeah. And then in order Ooh, they to just like, find one word and cling to it, right? <laughs> yes. And then in order to get a prayer in without technically violating the rules, she's like, I'm going to quote something George Washington said. It just happens to be a prayer that's like identical to all the ones she gave. Mm. Um, by the way, George Washington did not write that prayer. It's been snoped. Also, like, George Washington <laughs> is famously a deist. <laughs> is he a deist? I don't think yeah, he was a deist. I, I think, think almost all the founding one. fathers were. Almost. But like, okay, I don't know up. that he was one of them. Anyway, he didn't say this prayer. So she's just making right. shit up. Anyway, so I now the American Humanist Association is like, hey, judge, you just said they can't do that. They're doing it anyway. So the AHA said, you need to fine the county $30,000 for violating the ruling. And by the way, we want an additional $10,000 every additional time they break the rules. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And basically, the judge is like, pretty much fine with this. And then after all of this happened, uh, this is still 2014, the Supreme Court stepped in with a separate case, Grease v. Galloway, and they said, it's fine if you have religious prayers at meetings, but... It must be open to the public and anybody should be have the opportunity to deliver the prayers. In other words, what you're doing in Carroll County is still illegal. Right. (laughs) So the HA said, hey, judge, get back on this. So it's been a while now that Mm -hmm. this case has been ongoing. We're still in that phase where they're like the American Human Association said, you got to put a stop to this. Even with the Supreme Court ruling, this is illegal. Uh And in fact, there's another case that's worked its way through the courts that was very similar to this one. Board members give the prayers. They are all Christian. So Carroll County's like, well, let's see how that one shakes out. Because yeah. that would cover us, probably. I think that would cover them. So they were all waiting. And anyway, um, the decision came down from the appellate court that those prayers are illegal in that other place. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, look, you've used up all your lifelines here. You're wrong. What's going on now? So yesterday, yesterday, I think this happened yesterday. Um on Thursday of this week, the Board of Commissioners, all five of whom are different from the ones who were involved in the lawsuit several years ago, okay. they said, this is dumb. We shouldn't be fighting this case. And how much like, has it costed them so far? <laughs> they voted to settle the case, basically saying, we give up. We're not fighting this anymore. Yeah. They are going to pay the American Humanist Association $125,000. Fuck me. That's how much it cost them to be stupid. <laughs> And basically, all five of these commissioners are like, they were trying to toe the line. They didn't want to piss off the religious people. But they said, like, look, it's it's not worth fighting because the courts are going to take us down because yeah. they've already ruled on these yeah. cases. We know we're going to lose. So it's uh, a bad use of our money. Yeah. Not this is ethically wrong. Just it's it's a gamble. Don't listen, like... <laughs> one guy not said wrong. It's a, it's it is a, major, a bad use of their money. It is. Well, one commissioner said it's a major gamble of taxpayer dollars. 
true. The odds are not in our favor, said another one. And if they tried to fight this at the appellate level, it probably would have cost, and they lost, would have cost them like more than a quarter million dollars. So they're like, let's just cut our losses. They worked it down to $125,000. The settlement was accepted. Now they're like a judge's signature away from that being finalized. And by the way, one of the two plaintiffs, the deist, Neil Ridgely, his, what did he get out of all this? One dollar. All right. Because again, with these plaintiffs, it's not about the money. Sure. He got one dollar. So did the other guy. And he said to the local paper, I'll take the dollar. I'm going to frame it. Nice. <laughs> so again, all, and by the way, one of the, the lady who said she would go to jail mm-hmm. to then stop praying. She's Is not she on the, she's not in jail and she's not on the commission anymore, but she did speak up at this week's meeting. So brave. Saying like, no, you got to fight this. What are you doing? And all of the commissioners are like, no, like, this is a dumb idea of all the, and they even said, like, we don't have this money. It's a dumb idea. So had they just listened to the smart people from the beginning, they would be $125,000 richer, but they didn't because they listened to the Christians instead and they made the wrong move. That's (laughs) wild. Do you think, um, (laughs) do you think when she heard the song Fight the Power by Public Enemy, she was like, yeah, I'm gonna. You got it. Good job. <laughs> um, real quick, yeah. just to circle back. Um, according, this is Wikipedia, so take yes. it with a grain of salt. What is George Washington? Um, people are uns- even during his lifetime. People are unsure t- the degree to which Washington believed in Christianity. Some of his contemporaries called him a deist. He didn't really self-identify. There's no known record of Washington so ever using Jesus or Christ. Him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, That's convenient. I have to say that, like. People who are Christians tend to be pretty loud about it. So, like, not at we, that time. Like oh, that. I guess you're right. But, yeah, so, unclear. Okay, here's a different not lawsuit story for you. Um, in Bangladesh, well, maybe it is a lawsuit thing. In Bangladesh, <laughs> women will no longer oh. have to be, have to declare themselves virgins on their marriage forms. What? Which means that, that was, was a, a thing? thing that they had to do until now. The way it worked is on their on the marriage license, they had to check off a word that said they were an unmarried woman, which is fine. You're getting married, like so. Yeah. Make sure we know you are unmarried, unmarried right at present. Now. Yeah. But the word they used in their language could be defined as virgin, and most people use it to mean virgin. Oh, so essentially... Like in that, like, technically it just means young woman, but, like, yes. there's implications. And the lawsuit in question, the court said, look, there's another word you can use in our language that just means unmarried woman. <laughs> use that word instead. Good. The court said, yeah, that's fine. It unambiguously means sure. unmarried woman. So it's fine. And, like, women's groups are hailing it as a huge landmark victory, because this has happened since 1961 that they've basically done this. It breaches their privacy. Everyone knew yeah. it meant virgin. So it's a it's it's sad to say, hey, look, it's a step in progress. It's gender equality. It's like, God, this is like the least you could do. But God. congrats, Just, maybe a little bit. That's fucked. <laughs> I sure hate that. I guess good news. Yeah. yeah I don't know how to feel about that. So uh, this story is out of Virginia. I thought of you immediately. God. Okay, here's... such a bad sign when you think about me. I know. The woman's name is Gail Gordon Donegan. Uh She is an activist. She's been a liberal activist for many years. 
Um, and if you read like the things she fights for, they are pretty standard progressive causes. And because of that, because she's an uh, activist in activisty circles, the governor of the state, Ralph Northam, um, he of the I had a yearbook picture, but it probably wasn't me, even though it's on my page. That oh, guy, <laughs> Ralph Northam, nominated day. her okay. to be on a council uh, called the Virginia Council on Women, which is just hey, you're a government appointed committee. Your yeah. job is to advise us on women's issues. You know, talk to each other, figure sure. out what we should be doing sure. as government. It seems pretty innocuous. Like, good. You nominated someone who's well-versed in these issues. Mm -hmm. So cool. She was nominated for for that position. You don't get paid for it, I don't believe. It's just voluntary. Cool. You wouldn't have heard about this commission. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And then the Catholic Church and conservatives began looking through her old tweets. And what did they find? It turns out she's not a fan of the Catholic Church because no one should be. Because facts. (laughs) But like in 2011, I think, she posted a tweet that said, abortion is morally indefensible to Catholic priests because it results in fewer children to rape. Oh, (laughs) fuck. Wow. That was was one of many tweets. (laughs) Which I get the joke. It is harsh. It's hard. It's, it's not unwarranted, uh, but it's, it's not harsh. unwarranted, but it is harsh, maybe inartful, but like whatever. Yeah. It was also like a decade ago. <laughs> in any case, like what she wrote in a joke on Twitter right. is nothing compared to what the Catholic Church has actually, actually done. done. Yeah. And yet the church is like, how dare you talk about us and describe the things that we do? Um and so, anyway, the, all this bad press pops up uh-huh. for her. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, you're going to put her on this committee. That'll be... She's anti-Catholic. Like, no, she's anti-rape. You need to calm down. Mm-hmm. But... And uh, she didn't... I would say it's a defensible pos- position to say she's anti-Catholic. Anti, I, wouldn't, I don't anti-Catholic think Anti-Catholic church. Far. Let's be clear. She, it's, there's no indication she would have been like, hey, I know what would piss off Catholics. No, she would have represented women. Yes. She would have done what's good for women, even right. if it like went against Catholic dogma. Uh-huh. But even Catholics go against Catholic dogma, so whatever. Like, Catholics are, by and large, supportive of abortion rights. Right, right, in, right, right. in certain cases. Right. They support abortion rights. They support... Uh, same-sex marriage, whatever. Who cares what the Pope says? Even Catholics don't like what the Pope says. <laughs> so, anyway, after, like, 24 hours... And, by the way, they asked Ralph Northam, like, hey, are you going to pull your nomination of her? And the governor's office was basically saying, like, eh, we don't like those old tweets. We don't condone the language, uh-huh. is the wording they use. But they didn't say they were going to not nominate her. Cool. But then, like, a day later, she resigned... And in her resignation letter, she said, mostly, I don't want to distract from the work that the council does. I'm paraphrasing. She did say that, like, I recognize some of the jokes I told cross the line. I apologize to those who were hurt by them. And then she went on. A small group dedicated to target the worst of my tens of thousands of tweets and paint a false picture of who I am. They were upset because I helped defeat them in a local primary. She also said, this is the part that I was like, I will resign today, but I will be taking legal action in the near future to ensure this small group is never able to smear someone like this again. I don't know what that means because I don't know what you're going to sue them over. You tweeted it. Yeah. It's not... It's... There was also a thing this week where, like, conservatives, like, the the trolls online, were like, guess what? We archived every tweet made by, like, 
everyone who works at the New York Times and Washington Post and all these media outlets, and we're going to come back and get you. But it's like, one, do you believe that they actually have all these damning tweets of everyone who works at these places? And two, I mean, okay. I mean, they're public. It's Twitter. It's public. So if you caught them saying something, it's like the blackface photos. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if you did it, then you should explain yourself. Um, But also, there... matters like when they said it what yeah, they've yeah, done yeah, since yeah. context mar- matters context matters sure. so whatever but anyway like what are you going to sue them over i don't know the answer to that what how are you going to stop the smears they quoted you that's not a smear yeah they might have taken it out of context and said she said this she uh donegan meant it as a joke they meant meant it to imply it wasn't a joke yeah fine that is a dumb thing that really does happen sure but also like it's not illegal, so I don't know what she's suing over. Right. Um, but anyway, I'm so, I'm sad she resigned because she was a sensible person otherwise. Sure. Like, it's just I think they would have done this sort of thing to any liberal person, and the fact that she made a joke that was harsh for many. Yeah. Like, meh. Is that really the worst thing? I would rather have her on there than someone who doesn't know the issues or someone who's going to advocate against women's rights. Right. So whatever. Um, anyway, so that is a thing that happened. <laughs> oh, I'm ready for the next one. Oh, no. Oh, I'm so ready for this oh, one. Oh, no. Jerry Falwell Jr. Oh, no. What do we know about Jerry Falwell Jr.? I don't know. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah, you do. He's conservative. Is he the one yes. who's conservative? He is conservative. He's Runs Liberty University. homophobic, he's, I assume. He's super homophobic. Probably and the reason it's mark? hilarious, uh, I haven't seen racist, but definitely homophobic, but... He is in the news a lot lately because, like, of a pool boy that he gave a sweet deal to business-wise. Uh-oh. This is old news. Like, he met, him and his wife oh, met yeah, a pool yeah, boy. Yeah, I remember And this. they gave him, like, a sweet deal with a hostel or uh-huh. whatever. And maybe someone has pictures of him and his wife. And then Tom Arnold got involved, the comedian, and no one knows what's going on. And nothing ever surfaced, but also that's a weird bunch of allegations yeah. right there. Anyway. Here's a news story dropped by Reuters this week. They said Jerry Falwell Jr. has a personal trainer, a guy who graduated from Liberty University and is now a a guy who works out of the gym that's on Liberty's campus, and he runs his personal training thing through them. Okay. Like, hey, come have a session with me at Liberty University. And that's fine. You could pay rent and rent out space. Apparently, sure. plenty of people do that. But apparently, this is the story that Reuters got. There was a this guy got a deal to take over the whole facility. He's what twenty three? Like oh sure, I was very twenty three year old Benjamin Crosswhite. He his name is, is Crosswhite. Yep, he got an eighteen <sighs> acre sports facility that costs a lot of money. He didn't put up a dime to get it and Liberty loaned him all the money he needed to buy it at a really cheap interest rate. So we think this is a hush deal? Well, it's like this is a this is not if you're a Liberty University and you wanted to sell off this property. Right. That 18 acres on like of awesome equipment and facility usage on good land and stuff like that. You would say, hey, everybody, we're selling it. Give us your best offer. Right. And then we'll go from there. They didn't do that. Jerry Falwell signed a, the, a contract under Liberty University as chancellor of this school, as president uh-huh. of the school. Not like personal 
which he did with the pool boy. Yeah. But like with Liberty's money, basically saying, hey, you, my personal trainer here, because he's Falwell's personal uh-huh. trainer. Like, I will give you this sweet deal. 3% interest. It's super low. Whoa. Don't give me any money up front. We'll loan you whatever you need. No one else is getting this deal. Um, <laughs> and it, uh, how much did it cost? Uh, if you want actual numbers, the center probably would have cost $1.2 million. They gave it to this 23-year-old for $580,000. Holy shit. Gave him all the money and said, all right, pay us back now <laughs> with interest, like with very low yeah. interest. And then in 2017, they gave him another seventy-five grand as a loan to help with repairs and maintenance. Nobody gets a deal like that ever. What the fuck? If someone offers you that deal, you, you say this it. is a scam. No, you take it. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I'm not done yet. The Falwells brought the trainer along on Liberty's private jet during a 2012 trip to Miami. Falwell and his wife used the school's private jet. Uh-huh. They said, hey, personal trainer, come with me and my wife as we go down to Miami, because that's a normal thing people do. Uh-huh. Um, well, just for vacation or for like a reason? Just on vacay? Just on vacation. And by the way, it was only after that trip that they signed off on this deal. Ooh. <laughs> like, so what do we think? Like, what do we think is happening Oh, we here? think many, many things. Falwell's explanation for when people say, why'd you bring your personal trainer on your vacation with your wife to Miami? Yeah. He said, well, I was flying to Miami for a physical... Okay, and he wanted the personal trainer in there, there in person to tell the doctors about his diet and exercise program. Because Skype doesn't exist in 2013. Or like a fucking piece of paper. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) or a text message. And by the way, 2012, like when he went to Miami, that's when he met the pool boy. Huh. (laughs) Like the guy who he made the other shady deal with and who has gotten all this attention. So... Like Reuters added that Cross White was given this, also given a multi-million dollar line of credit from a local bank based on what the facility would be worth once he builds a pool inside because he's sure. planning to do that because it's Jerry Falwell and a guy close with Jerry Falwell. So, of course, there's a pool involved. Oh, my God. Yeah. Falwell said, my trainer helped me shed 75 pounds. He did not say what they were doing to burn the calories. Oh, uh, boo. <laughs> so again, it's not that there's God, it any... it sounds like his wife is like cool with it. I, and again, if it was a personal thing, I don't care. Oh, I really don't right? care. Like, I don't care what he does in his private life. I don't care what his sex life is like. I have no, I have no interest in knowing mm-hmm. it. It's the, the shadiness of the deal that's just weird. Yeah. Like, dude, it, you, if you're running a university and you have this valuable thing... You sell it to, like, the highest bidder right. if that's what you want to do. You don't give a sweetheart deal to your buddy using Liberty's money, like, to make that happen. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, there's also other weird stuff he does with the personal trainer. That's Like, odd. you don't have to insinuate anything, even if nothing weird like that happened. It's not good business. It's still weird. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, it's the second young boy that Falwell is now Jeez. linked to on something weird and shady. Yeah, it's so weird that, like, his version of... Listen, we don't know what's happening, but, like, if it is some sort of, like... I don't know. Like, why don't you just, like, give him money if you need hush money? Why are you giving them, like, business deals? I don't know. 
I'm going to stop for a second because I want to talk about our sponsor for a second. I'm going to say several years ago, Mm -hmm. um, they actually asked me if I wanted to be in this film. And the film they said they wanted to talk about was Sam Harris, uh, the the longtime atheist. He makes his podcast now. Um, And I have my own criticism sometimes of what Harris says. But also, when it comes to this particular film, the reason I was like, oh, now I'm intrigued, is because it was supposed to be a conversation he was having with uh, a Muslim. And the Muslim's name is Majid Nawaz. And Nawaz, his history was like he was uh, an Islamic extremist, and now he was reformed. And he was trying to warn people, like, how it was so easy for him to fall into that and Mm -hmm. what he was doing to try to change it. And those two guys had a lot of disagreements, and then they seemed to be more aligned. Now, Nawaz is still Muslim. Harris is still not religious, but they wrote a book together where Mm -hmm. they were talking about how they reconciled their differences, where they got things wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And the book was an interesting thought experiment, you know? So this film was going to be like, what do you think about these two guys meeting up and talking about this stuff? And what does that say? Like, if those two guys can meet up uh-huh. and have these discussions in a positive way, what does that say? What can we learn from that? They actually came to my place. They interviewed me for the film. Um, I was left on the cutting room floor. Boo. Naturally. But it happens. Um, but again, the, the point of that is that... Uh, Though that's not normally something I might step into, but I thought that's a pretty worthy cause because mm-hmm. I've done that myself a couple times. Like, I don't really do debates, but I will speak at churches with a pastor on stage. I've done that a few times over uh-huh. the years because I think there's value in saying, okay, look, we all know we disagree with each other on these very fundamental things. Mm-hmm. But if there's something we agree on, let's talk about that. Or let's, at the very least, show people what it's like to talk about these issues in a way that isn't just snipping at each other on sure. Twitter, Twitter or yeah. something like that. So anyway, the film is called Islam and the Future of Tolerance. And it's now, you can rent it or purchase it on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, and Vimeo. On September 3rd, it's going to be live on Amazon Prime in oh. several countries. U.S., Canada, Australia, the U.K., New Zealand, Ireland, all the Nordic countries, Latin America... And if you go to our show notes and go to Vimeo um, and you buy the HD version of the film, use the code 10OFF, 10 off, and you'll get 10% off the price. Cool. So check that out. Okay, so I have this, <laughs> this story is hilarious. There is a preacher named Andrew Womack. Uh, you may not have heard of him. He's one of these right-wing preacher types. Uh-huh. And last week he was talking on his show about a conference he just held at a Christian school. Uh, There's this school called Cheris Bible College in Colorado. Womack founded this college. Okay. And they held a a conference there all about faith healing and, you know, miraculous stuff. Um, This is a guy who has said, um, (laughs) like, he said some weird shit. But anyway, here's what he said about this faith healing conference. It was awesome. We saw a little baby raised from the dead. The baby was dead, and the mother just came and put the baby on stage, and we prayed, and the baby came back to life. Unquote. What? Which? What the fuck, Hammett? Which means some 
woman mother. was walking around with her dead her da- fucking baby <laughs> That's what it sounds into like. a conference center? Yeah, and then they put it on stage and they prayed and the baby came back to life. And not a single person at this conference, you would think, Thought to break out a phone (laughs) in any of this. I've been to several conferences, and there's almost always somebody filming because they like put it up on screen. So they surely have plenty of video footage. So my response when I heard this, (laughs) besides the fact that a woman is walking around with a baby corpse. um, And by the way, no one even reported on this until he said this on his show. Like, so no journalist caught wind of a baby coming back to life. Like, nobody... So nobody had video footage, nobody had photos, and nobody, like, tweeted, like, hey, cool, hashtag resurrection baby. (laughs) Yeah. And so I emailed Cheris Bible College, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazing. so good news. Hey, can you point me to video of the baby? Because I want to share the miracle with everyone I know. Mm Mm-hmm. And And I I know a lot of people. And I was waiting, and they finally wrote back to me, and here's what they said. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, the session with the baby being healed was not recorded as the healing occurred when a private panel was taking place at the conference. Oh, you hate to see that happen. So to be clear, they did not videotape the dead baby coming back to life Mm -hmm. because they were too busy like videotaping a bunch of people talking about... How babies can come back to life. Uh, well, I know. Which maybe is clearly you don't know a lot about more important. conference planning. Each <laughs> conference only gets one video. Yeah, uh, and video one camera. cell phone that is yeah. in the Yeah, Well, you room. have to put, it's like a uh, fucking Jack White concert or whoever makes people put. <laughs> you put in their, the special yeah. <laughs> things that don't let you take them out. Yeah. And beyond that, okay, so that happened a week ago mm-hmm. while you were gone. And then yesterday, I can't that didn't make it to me. And yesterday, Womack was back on his show, mm-hmm. and he referenced this again. <gasps> but wait, wait, he changed it around this time. Uh oh. And he was saying, "I just, I the baby was just, just sleeping, and I, we yelled at it, and it woke up." I just can't help but say that we saw in the last week we have seen two babies raised from the dead. Two babies. Anyway, we could talk about that for an hour, but you know, it's not every week that you get to see two babies raised from the dead. And you're not going to talk to about it for an hour. He doubled the number of dead babies. That's. 100% more <laughs> dead babies than before that aren't b- dead and anymore. He, that was the preface, and he's like, you know, I'd l- we could talk about that for a while. I don't want to bore you with gotta, resurrection talk. we got to talk to David Barton, the Christian pseudo-historian. Christ, <laughs> that a fucking cracker. Really? He skipped over. David he yada yada over the dead baby coming back to life. For fucking David Two Barton? Two of them for David Barton. <laughs> By next uh, week, it's going to be a daycare full of dead infants. All coming back to life. Oh my god! <laughs> Two of them. Two. <laughs> oh my god! That is bananas. It's the best. Two kids. <laughs> so there is a woman in Michigan who. Wait, is, hold on. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm no, not done we're with done the with two. the dead babies. We got to move wait, on to David. But wait, at the same thing, at the same. I he did not specify. Okay. Maybe there's another dead I'm just baby somewhere. If it's consecutive dead babies, or like he did not make clear that it was at the same babies. event, or if they were conjoined. Maybe I don't know. Okay. But, and if they were conjoined, it would not count as two. It would count as one. So he would be wrong then too. But so, so this lady in Michigan is not running for city council anymore. Oh, and she cool dropped story, down. Emmett. You're welcome. <laughs> it's Marysville, Michigan, city council. The lady's name is Jean Kramer. And the reason she's not, she was one of five candidates running for three seats on their city council. And during a candidate forum last week, 
they asked like, hey, what does our community need to do or if we need to do anything? What do we need to do to attract more foreign-born citizens? Like, how do we attract more diverse people, educated people? How do we attract them to our city? Mm -hmm. Her response, her response? Can you guess her response? Oh, I hate it. Um, She said... We need to keep Marysville a white community Uh as much as possible. Well, that's the opposite of what he wanted to do. (laughs) So we just want to keep it white. And all four of the candidates are like, wait, what? (laughs) Now, some of them spoke right after her and they're like, dude, what the fuck did you just say? She does not speak for me, actually. Um, One of them said, my own family's mixed race. Like, I take very personally what you've said. It was very, like, bland, like, responses. None of them, like, jumped out of their seat and, Mm -hmm. like, what the hell? No, they were just like, I'm very offended by what you just said. All right, whatever. But the local paper asked her, hey, we're done with the thing now, the the candidate forum. Do you want to (laughs) clarify what you said? I'm going to quote this. As long as, well, how can I put this? What that lady doesn't know is that her family, her mixed race family, uh-huh. her family is in the wrong. <gasps> a husband and wife need to be the same race. Same thing with kids. That's how it's been from the beginning of, how can I say, when God created <sighs> the heaven and the earth. No. He created Adam and Eve at the same time. But as far as me being against blacks, <gasps> no, I am not. That's not what we asked you, ma'am. I know, this is an Arby's. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Like, first of all, Adam and Eve, we didn't say, like, Adam and Eve, you don't bring up when we're talking about mixed race stuff. Oh, not, my not, God. She, she confused the homophobic response with the anti-racist response. And also, like, that la- line, like, I'm not against black people. I'm just against the, like, racist sure, mixing. Sure, she's a purist. <laughs> so, Hemet, um, do you feel like you have garbage children because they are mixed race? <laughs> I'm just wondering. I tell them every day. <laughs> But then it's good to hear from inside the family. Yeah, yeah, the family dynamics are awesome. So, (laughs) so anyway, she with she withdrew from the race this week, and all she said is, "I'm writing this letter to withdraw as a city council candidate." Why? uh, Yeah, who knows? She didn't offer an explanation, but there is one problem. This is a a race that is taking place later this year, like 2019 in November. But I guess. It's too early, apparently, to redo the ballot. Oh, no. So her name is going to be on the ballot. Oh, Jesus. But I think the way they figured this out, they're like, if she's elected, the mayor said she'll probably decline to serve, sure. is our understanding of this, which is a lot of hope in that caveat that, like, she oh doesn't. My God. Okay. But anyway, at least she withdrew. So in that sense, I guess the candidate forum worked because they're usually boring and you already you don't learn anything that you didn't know. In this case, it did that, help elucidate her views. And everyone found out. Is like, the wildest shit I've <laughs> ever heard. Yeah. It was like. Don't um, call her racist, though. God no, said. no, no, no. It was like uh, Mad Libs for like <laughs> racism and homophobia and oh, not man. against blacks, just yeah. against mixed race human beings. She's fine with black people as long as they... Okay, here is the amazing, like, gall of these people. Like, I usually think that, like, racist people Mm -hmm. are sort of, this is maybe naive of me, kind of like keyboard warriors, right? Like, it's really easy to, like, say shit like that. But, like, a woman is like, hey, 
my family is mixed race. And she's like, she's wrong. <laughs> like, she she's did, bad. She did something She did bad. families bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> By the way, if you watch the video of her saying this, Jean Kramer saying this horrible thing, like, she clearly says it and knows she said it and doesn't think there's anything weird about it. No, 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 whereas, she didn't misspeak. Whereas yesterday, I don't have the details in front of me, but a Louise, a guy who's running for governor of Louisiana as an independent, like, he, he's not going to win. Oh, so but brave. But he was on the radio... And he was telling a story like, oh, some guy called in to criticize him. And the candidate, uh, it, his last name is Landro. Landro? Uh, he basically said, like, uh, nothing you say can hurt me. I come from a family of, like, ten kids. Like, oh, your criticism doesn't bother me. Uh-huh. People have said nasty things to me. They used to call me an N-word lover. And he said this. And if you see the video... And did he say N-word or did he say the word? Oh, no, he said the word. And if you see the video, though, you could see him say that phrase and then the shock comes over his own face. Like, oh, no, I said the thing I'm not supposed to say. And then even the people who are on the radio with him are like, dude, what the hell? Oh, no. Okay, separate story. Like, he wasn't going to win anyway. This lady was just like, we got to keep the place white and just keeps talking. Like, yeah, that's totally a normal thing to say. That's wild. Anyway. Holy shit. I have good news. Oh, one good. bit. Fucking one bit finally. of good news. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so, the Democratic National uh, Committee, mm-hmm. uh, they passed a resolution. One of the resolutions they passed uh, this past week is they're not going to do like one issue debates. We're not oh, going to have a climate debate. They got a lot of criticism for that. Yeah. People are working around that. Okay. And they got dinged for that. Maybe they should. Okay. But. Dottie, Dottie is pissed off. So the DNC also passed another resolution that got no attention that Uh same weekend. And what they said, the resolution acknowledges the, quote, value, ethical soundness, and importance of non-religious Americans. Okay. Yeah. That's us. Yeah. They they passed this resolution that basically says, um, among the whereas clauses, like, here's why we're doing this. Uh-huh. Religiously unaffiliated Americans overwhelmingly share the Democratic Party's values. Uh-huh. 70% of us voted for Democrats in 2018. 80% support same-sex marriage. Uh-huh. 61% say immigrants make America's society stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are the largest religious group, quote-unquote, within the Democratic Party. Hmm. We're like one in three Democrats are non-religious. Really? Yeah. Many of them are like Marianne Williamson's spiritual weirdness, sure. but whatever. Um, yeah, she's it also not one of us. it also says <laughs> the the whereas those most loudly claiming that morals, values, and patriotism must be defined by their particular religious views have used those views with misplaced claims of religious liberty to justify public policy that has threatened the civil rights and liberties of many Americans. In other words, like the people who say they're religious have done a lot of shitty things in the name of religion. Right, and the Democratic Party is inclusive. That's your preamble. Uh Here's what it's resolved. Two things. One, the value, ethical soundness, and importance of the religiously unaffiliated demographic, a group of Americans who contribute in innumerable ways to the arts, sciences, medicine, business, law, the military, their communities, the success of the party, and prosperity of the nation. Okay. That's one of the resolutions. So, wow. And, two... That religiously unaffiliated Americans are a group that, as much as any other, advocates for rational public policy based on sound science and universal humanistic values and should be represented, included, and heard by the party. 
Cool. It's lip service. It's but just I saying, mean, hey, it's we're not here. Nothing. Take us seriously. We do have values. Yeah. And like our values are shared with the Democratic Party's values. By and large, not everyone agrees with everything, but sure. by and large, we do. And the Democratic Party's like, yeah, we acknowledge that you guys are valuable to our party. We share your views and we thank you for being a part of our team. Right. You know, that's basically what it is. It's a nice certificate you give to non-religious Americans, but it's more than they've done in the past. Yeah. So somehow this is controversial. Oh, God. To whom? To conservatives. Oh, well, what do we give a fuck what they have to say? No, we don't. But, so Robert Jeffress, who's one of the pastors who supports Trump no matter who he hurts and no matter how many people are killed in the name of the Trump administration, Mm -hmm. he was like, well, the Democratic Party is a godless party. Yeah. Um, religious sure. affili- unaffiliated is code for godless. They are truly becoming a godless party. It's not code. It's a synonym, dude. Like, <laughs> that's not how synonyms work. And also, it's not all godless. Most of the unaffiliated are not godless. Not yeah. that it matters. But also, the DNC is not... The Democratic Party as a whole is not god. Look at their presidential candidates. Bernie Sanders is the least religious guy there, and he's very openly Jewish. Right. Buttigieg and Booker have been, like, every sentence has a Bible verse in right. it. Marianne Williamson is definitely not one of us. Yeah, like, she's, she's into the, something. She buys shit from Goop, I'm sure. And, like, so, again, it's they are plenty religious. It's just not, like, the far-right, white evangelical religion. Right. It's all the rest of the religious stuff. So it's just, it's stupid and ignorant to say that Democrats are godless. I wish they were. They're not. Um, but the idea that he's, the insinuation is that the Democrats are now adopting a set of values that are anti-American or something. Uh-huh. What did the resolution say? The resolution said these unreligious, non-religious, unaffiliated people, they advocate for rational public policy. And Robert Jeffress is like, what? That goes against everything I stand for. Sound science. I want nothing to do with that. Yeah. For nerds. And this is like the Fox News Party line now that, oh, the Democrats are like appeasing the atheists. Like, it's a nice thing. Yeah. It's, again, I'm glad they did it. It's not going to change much, but I'm glad they did it. By the way, that uh, led the resolution was actually passed by the Democratic Party of Massachusetts, very similar version of that, mm-hmm. was passed in November. It was drafted by uh, people working for the American Humanist Association. Uh-huh. Secular Coalition for America helped make this possible. So good. Like, again, it's nice to see them acknowledge us. Right. Like, instead of running away from us. Right. That's nice. It's not controversial. But for some people, Jesus. Wow. All right, I got another happy story for you. Okay. Look at me, full of happy stories while you're gone. I'm suspicious. Okay. Yeah, you should be. So in New Mexico, there's a city called Bloomfield. Mm-hmm. And years, uh, like decades ago, they installed a standalone Ten Commandments monument outside the municipal building. Like, standalone Ten Commandments shouldn't be there. It is illegal. Right. we're not we into this. that. Um, they were sued over it in 2011. And the courts are like, yeah, it's totally illegal. Right. But they were like, the, con- the Christian rights, or, like, you need to fight this. Like, we will cover your, we'll help uh, why, we'll pro bono uh, legal service. Um, but they didn't listen. They didn't listen to reason. So they oh. filed the appeals and stuff. And eventually this gets all the way to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court says, we're not taking this up. We, uh, we ruled on this. we done this already. Like, so the Supreme Court said, we're not listening to you. Uh-huh. So they lost. It's done. They're out of options. 
they now owe the ACLU $700,000 because this is years in the making. ACLU said, like, just, just take down your monument. It's, it's illegal. Right. Listen to us. We know stuff. Right. The, the religious right legal groups, they don't know stuff. We mm. know stuff. Uh, they didn't listen. They owe seven hundred grand. Oh. So last year, they released, like, a proposed budget. And it's like, it called for $12.2 million in expenditures for the city. That's not weird. Yeah. Um, but part of it meant we got to pay a third of the money because uh, we'll do this over three years. Yeah. Uh, well, so $233,000 earmarked uh, to pay the ACLU. Uh, they had a choice. They could do the three-year thing or uh-huh. they could pay it all in 2021. And they're like, we can't take that hit in right. one year. We'll spread it out over time. Okay, fine. That's their problem, not mine. So whatever, <laughs> fine. But guess what? This what? now they have four hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars left to pay, uh-huh. and the city's finance director this week, Brad Ellsworth, he recently set up a GoFundMe page. No, that is the saddest GoFundMe page of like all time that doesn't involve cancer, and it says, "City of Bloomfield needs your help." <laughs> He's like, "Listen, we got to pay the ACLU." He said the city is reaching out to concerned citizens in an effort to help crowdfund the remaining balance owed in attorney's fees, giving the, he said, given the overwhelming public support during the litigation, uh-huh. like all you Christians yeah, wanted us to do this. Yeah, where are you nerds now? Yeah. And after like two <laughs> weeks of this, this campaign, they had raised $600. Oh, that's of the so embarrassing. $67,000. I looked at it this morning. I think they were at $1,700. That includes $1,000 from an anonymous donor and 500 from another guy. And then a few Christians chipping in, like, here's 10 Five bucks. bucks. Oh but, my like, God. clearly, they did <laughs> It's so funny. Oh, that's Like, so oh, my God, you did the dumb thing, and now you're trying to crowdsource your way out of this? Oh. Tell the churches to pay yeah, nearby. Seriously. Then at the meeting, they even talk. City manager says, that $700,000 is a pretty good hit to a community our size. He's added that money could have been used elsewhere for other services. Yeah. Like, don't feel bad for these people. They were <sighs> dumb enough to listen to the Alliance Defending Freedom. I know, but, like, like I do feel like they're kind of the victim in this. Like, oh, the yeah, committee. ADF fundraised the hell out of their, yeah, them like, saying, hey, we're supporting these people. We're defending them in court. Oh, we lost. We're not going to fundraise all like that. Like, the ADF may as well <laughs> be, like, a Nigerian prince. Yeah. Like, wh- yeah. they're just hurting people. Yeah. And, like, the, <laughs> like I... It just sucks. Like, these towns don't deserve this because they're getting, like, bad whispers in their ears saying, like, you know, you're going to... Ugh, no, it's awful. (laughs) I hate it. Stop being so happy about it. I'm so happy about it. They deserve it. I hope they crowdfund nothing else. Anyway, uh, Ark Encounter is the center of another lawsuit. They're at the center of another another lawsuit? lawsuit. Totally different than all the other ones. So, wait, who's for all these lawsuits. (laughs) Is it like out of his pocket? Uh, Well, if they lose, Ark Encounter will have to pay this stuff. But I mean, one of them is the insurance money that they're they're going into mediation. This thing won't be resolved for a long time Uh because they had flood damage. Ah. Uh. And now they're like suing their insurance people. But according to the docket, like this may take years to get resolved and they're trying to work out a compromise. Okay. Okay, so whatever. This lawsuit is an interesting one because it's coming from the Grant County, where Ark Encounter is uh-huh. in Kentucky, the Grant County Board of Education is suing the state's Property Valuation Administration, which is the group of people. It, um, it's the uh, local government, I should say. Okay. This is the group that basically says, hey, this property in our county 
it's worth this much, mm-hmm. so you owe this much in taxes, which we can then use for roads and schools and sure. whatever. Ambulances. And what the Board of Education is saying is, in 2017, the Property Valuation Administration said Ark Encounter and the land it's on and everything, it's worth $46 million. Okay. And Ark Encounter had to pay taxes commensurate okay. to that amount. And what the Board of Education is saying is, there's no way this thing is only worth $46 million in really? 2017. They're saying the fair market value of that property was $130 million. That is the amount oh. Ark Encounter should have been ta- paying taxes for. And because they were given this low, evalu- uh, low valuation, uh-huh. the amount in taxes that they paid and therefore the amount of taxes the Board of Education received uh-huh. was way lower than it should have been. So where are they getting their numbers from? They're, here's what they're saying. They used a mix of things to try to come to their uh, fair market valuation. They said the creationists at Ark Encounter said this in the years before it even opened that it was worth $72 million. A capital investment amount stated by the Ark's attorney when they were trying to get a tourism tax break uh-huh. thing, they said it's worth $90 million. And they also made 30 to $40 million in ticket sales based on their attendance numbers, which we know because of their assess- safety assessment fee. Right. So they said when you throw in the cost of the land it's on, which is like $10 million, uh-huh. and you, you sift through all these numbers... That's how they arrived at $130 million. And do you agree with their... I, I don't know anything about um, this. Do you, uh, having no special expertise in this, they, what they're saying is, look, we, our people did the math here. Right. We looked through all this. We're not double counting anything. Right. We're using the numbers Ark Encounter told the state we're worth. Sure. Like, so we're just using your numbers right. and saying, look, if you're selling as much as you are, mm-hmm. and this place is worth as much as you told the state it was when you were trying to get tax breaks... Uh-huh well, then you should be paying more in taxes. Huh. And again, they're suing. So a judge will have to sift through and see if sure. this is a fair thing to say. And here's what they said in the lawsuit. If the school board is successful, this is the Grand County News, um, according to the lawsuit, if the school board was successful, taxes owed to the school board for the year 2017 would have amounted to approximately $746,200. And what the school board is saying is, you, we didn't pay, we didn't get that. Right. We got like three hundred thousand, uh-huh. not seven hundred forty. The school board thus contended it was suffering a loss of approximately four hundred seventy thousand dollars. Huh. So, in other words, the board of education is saying you shortchanged us half a million dollars, and it's not Ark Encounter's fault. It's this property valuation uh-huh. groups, which fault. you said is through the local government, which is through the local government. Okay. Like you guys lowballed how much this place is worth. Uh-huh. Ark Encounter is not part of this lawsuit, but they're the subject of it. Interesting. Yeah. And so... So do we think it... I mean, do we think it was just bad math, or do we think there is something... We'll find out something so now, afoot. Their challenge was initially rejected, but they appealed it to the Kentucky Claims Commission, kind uh-huh. of the tax appeals board, um, and the commission said, you guys are not taxpayers yourself. Mm-hmm. You just get taxes from the community. Oh, uh-huh. So you don't have standing to challenge the assessment. Yeah, that makes sense. But they are now appealing that decision, too. This is the case that's now in court. And their argument is, how can a school district suffering hundreds of thousands of dollars per year not be a person aggrieved 
which is their argument. Like, sure. we are affected by this. Sure. No one else can challenge this except us. So whatever. Uh, the local government, Ark Encounter, they want this to end. Mm-hmm. But the school board is suing. But it, if nothing else, this lawsuit is a sign that Ark Encounter has hurt the community. Sure. Like, we know they haven't provided jobs for residents because mm-hmm. they have this, like, no Jews allowed policy. <laughs> um, it hasn't improved tourism. Commention it commensurate to the money it took from the region. Right. It constantly fights against paying its fair share in taxes, even if they eventually do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're saying, like, the schools aren't getting the money you said, like, that get. we should be getting because of you. Like, so that's a thing Interesting. All right, so. Very interesting. Whew, here's another one. Oh, also God. in Kentucky. I know. I, like, it's lawsuit heavy the past yeah. two weeks. Kentucky is now liable to pay $225,000 for Kim Davis's bigotry. Oh, Kim Davis. I know. She's still around. She's not the county Why clerk in Rowan County anymore. You, uh, but here's the deal. Basically, long story short, the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals said, hey, Kentucky government, you could have stopped Kim Davis from like not issuing same-sex marriage mm-hmm. licenses. You could have said, hey, do it. Yeah. You didn't. Yeah. And people weren't able to get married in Rowan County because of it. That's the state's fault for huh. not making her do her job. So, yeah, the state of Kentucky has to pay the money. I don't care to how whom? you do it. Um, to the plaintiffs in court costs, attorney's fees, because they lost. Gotcha. Um, now, a separate lawsuit also says, hey, the plaintiffs, they could sue Kim Davis personally, too. Ooh. It doesn't mean she, the money's coming out of her pocket yet. It should, though. But it could. And by the way, the I- irony in all this is Kentucky's Republican Governor Matt Bevin, uh-huh. who's been on Kim Davis's side yeah. ever since this thing began, even he's like, Kim Davis should have to pay it. Because he knows, <laughs> he knows, he knows if the government has to pay it, uh-huh. people can hold it against him. Uh-huh. Like, taxpayers lost money because of Kim Davis's bigotry, which was supported by the Republican governor. Right. He doesn't want that. No. So he's like, well, I mean, yeah, we all, well, she should pay the money. Like, it's her fault. Yeah, that's how we treat murders. We make so, sure they pay their fair I mean, right now, sure. as it stands, Kentucky taxpayers are on the hook for this money. So Kentucky people, you can thank Matt Bevin, who had Sorry, her back, Leslie. and his administration for saying, oh, no, Kim, we'll, we'll accommodate you however you want to. Right. Who cares about gay people? He called her an inspiration, oh Matt Bevin God. did. So anyway, that is still ongoing, oh, uh, so we'll see what happens. And the last story I got for you, this one is out of Pennsylvania. Here's the backstory for this. In 2014, an atheist asked the Pennsylvania House of Representatives, can I deliver the opening invocation? Because you have invocations in the House all the time. Mm-hmm. He got a rejection letter, and the rejection letter from the Speaker of the House said, nope, only people who believe in God can give the invocation. Uh-oh. And yeah, like, so they, there's a clash. Sounds there's, like some religious persecutions happening, right? huh? So there's a lot of different letters being sent before a lawsuit is filed. Um, they said, like, they said basically, you got to believe in God. And uh, there was a lawsuit involved against all the people involved here. And basically, uh, they even submitted, the atheists even submitted a draft of what they might want to say. It is the least offensive thing you will ever read. It's Uh very much inclusive of everybody. Like, it's so innocuous that it's like, really, this is what you have a problem with people (laughs) delivering. And the atheist even argued in court, like, that we should be able to do this. The House's attorney said the House is well within the law by saying it has to be a theistic prayer. Hmm. 
Like, which is weird, because, I mean, by the way, Congress has been allowed to do this. They've been able to say no to an atheist delivering the invocation in the U.S. House. And they were basically making the same argument. Now, the judge basically said um, the atheist could file the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. The issue, but here's the deal. A year ago, a judge said, yeah, the atheists are right. This is illegal. This has to end. They should be allowed what to deliver prayers. This, this is a district, federal district court judge. Okay. And at the time, Americans United for Separation of Church and State, they celebrated it. They said um, this practice of barring residents who don't believe in God from giving invocations, it was discriminatory and unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. This week, the reason I'm bringing this up now is because the Third Circuit Court of Appeals, which the, the House of Representatives appealed that ruling, the Third Circuit said two to one, no, it's totally legal. They huh. overturned the earlier decision, and they said you can totally say theistic prayers only and block atheists from speaking. Interesting. Yeah, and their argument is uh, they were using the giant Christian cross case Jesus. where they were like, well, it's been around for a long time, so I guess it's not Christian anymore. They basically said only the Supreme Court has long taken as given tradition that prayer presumes invoking a higher power because this notion flows from the historical understanding and practice of legislative prayer. It's fine. It's always been this way. We can keep doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's messed up. The one dissenting judge is like, what the hell are you people talking about? Yeah, this is great. not okay. And by the way, one of the people who delivered an invocation while this was happening was like a lawmaker who gave a sermon on like in front of everybody who basically argued that, uh, what did she say? <laughs> um, I don't have it in front of me. I don't know. But I bet there's it was been, appropriate. there have been sermons delivered on the floor. Those are okay. But an atheist invocation that says we're all part of one community, that's banned. And now when a court has said it's okay, and the problem is the Supreme Court made up as it is, yeah, we don't you don't, have a good you, you don't really have a good shot of overturning it. So right now, the Pennsylvania State House is uh-huh. allowed to ban atheists. Meanwhile, the Pennsylvania State Senate is totally fine. Uh-huh. They've had atheists deliver invocations. Uncontroversial. Not an issue. But okay. So that's a thing. Cool. That happened. That's oh. a fun fight. We still have to fight. It's been a busy couple of weeks. No kidding. Were I was so relaxing when I wasn't listening to it. Not anymore. So, um, cool. Is that all you had? That's what I got. Well, excellent. Uh, Hemant, where can we find you? You can find me at Hemant Meta. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. I should also point out, yep. if you are in the Chicagoland area I am. on September 18th, which is a Wednesday night, uh-huh. I will be giving a talk at the Ethical Humanist Society of Chicago. This is uh, It's in Skokie, north of Chicago. Um, all about atheism and politics and whether atheism is still a taboo in politics today. It's a free event. I'll post information in the show notes. So if you're in the area, check it out September 18th. There are a couple other things I'll be giving talks at. I'll have more information on that cool. uh, next time, hopefully. All right. So there you go. How will um, we find you? Oh, you can find me at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Um, if you would like a cross-stitch made that probably says like a swear word or something cool. Uh, you can get that at, you can um, do a custom order at Bitches Get Stitched Done. That's my Etsy shop. Uh, you can email us if you have any questions or concerns or want to complain about Hemet yeah. or me, I guess. Totally. I don't know what anyone complain about me about. <laughs> uh, friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. 
Um, rate, review, subscribe. Thanks. Let a friend know about this. And um, what? No, we'll That's talk it? to you later. I, before we go, let me just say one more time, uh, with thanks to our sponsor, we are all familiar with the dangers of religious extremism, but in the film Islam and the Future of Tolerance, two men approach the topic from very different perspectives. Sam Harris, as many listeners know, is an atheist who has said Islam is the, quote, mother load of bad ideas. He says the radicals are the ones reading the Quran literally, while moderates are providing cover. Majid Nawaz is a former Islamic radical who is now a much more liberal Muslim. He believes even a literal reading of the Quran requires far more nuance. Their first conversations were predictably combative. This film is about how they went from butting heads to discussing a controversial topic with mutual respect. Doesn't say one view is correct. It's about the process. And at a time when polarization seems to surround us, this film offers hope of overcoming it. Islam and the Future of Tolerance can be rented or purchased on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, and Vimeo. The film is also scheduled to go live on Amazon Prime September 3rd in the following places. The U.S., Canada, Australia, the U.K., New Zealand, Ireland, the Nordic countries, and Latin America. And that Vimeo link is in the show notes. And if you use the code 10OFF on the HD version, you'll get 10% off the price. So check it out. We'll see you next week. Thanks.